Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Big round of applause to Emily Groves. Yes, and let's, she is going to bless you guys. It's going to be so good. Hey, just stretch out a hand, okay? Father, I thank you for Emily, Lord. I thank you for the call. Wow, I thank you that she understands the call to her Jerusalem and into Judea and Samaria and to the utter ends of the earth. This is a woman who goes to the nations and then also pushes for revival here in San Marcos, God. I thank you, Lord, for this walking revivalist. Lord, tonight I ask that even what's more than what's taught and said, that we would catch an impartation, Lord, that desire to give it all for you, Jesus. That thing, she, that rawness for the gospel that she carries, would it just be imparted into our hearts tonight? We love you, Lord. Speak to us through her. And all God's people said, amen. Go for it, Emily. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I'm all emotional right there. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked. Taylor, thanks for letting me speak. I'm really excited to just kind of share. Um, but tonight I'm going to talk about, um, I kind of it's titled Worth the Cost. And basically kind of the um, idea of kind of a lot of what we've been talking about tonight already so far is, are we willing to make whatever type of sacrifice God is calling us to make in our lives for the sake of Jesus? And the thing is, is that I want to point out right now, I'm going to talk about it in a variation of ways tonight, but what it costs each me and what costs you looks different for everybody across the room. And I just want to like make that really important because everybody's like reckless charge after God is going to look different. For me, I'm like, you can send me to the deepest, darkest places places in the nations. I want to go and I'm absolutely fearless about it. And I'm so excited. But if you go ask me to like walk the streets of LA, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like that's just, <laughs> that's like, I'm working on it. I know that that's what I'm supposed to do, but that's kind of like where I'm at. But for some people, it's going to be like, I feel called to run a business and to run my business well and to let the Lord be like shown through all of that. And all of that takes a cost for all of us. And I kind of just want to talk about that because it does look different for everybody. Um, you know, and every time I have gone to Africa and gone to South Africa and Mozambique, I've been four times now, every time I've gone and every time I've said yes to the Lord and gone through hard moments where in places I know I'm supposed to be here, Every time I this phrase goes through my head where I say, is it worth the cost? And there are moments where I'm like, I work for Panera and I'm like either dealing with hard situations with people that, I re- that are just ridiculous or whether I'm like trekking across a, a river where we're looking out for hippos, like every time it's the same question, is it worth the cost? And it's the same and it, it looks different. It might not appear like it's the same cost, but it is. And, and some of you are like, okay, like, well, I'm not called to missions. I'm, I'm not called to Panera, whatever. Like the thing is, is like each and every one of us are called to step outside of our comfort zones for the gospel, regardless of what that comfort zone is. It, and all of us have different levels of that, but each and every one of us are called. And I want to start with Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus, um, I realized, Dave, I'm so sorry. I gave NIV up there, so I'll read that, but mine is NLT. So it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, uh, you switch it over. You are so great. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, Jesus, may all who, 
Well, that's not even whatever. Okay, I'm just going to read it here. <laughs> I was like trying to make this work. Sorry. So Jesus came. So New Living, Matthew 28, 18 and 20 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I want to like, when we look at this, I, something that really sticks, that really sticks out to me is it's not, is like, it's like we focus so much on the first part, which is the biggest part, the great commission. Therefore go, go and make disciples, go into the nations, go throughout the entire earth and preach the gospel. Meaning like God wants every single person who possibly can know him to know him, right? But the second part I love is it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So that's not just like, give your life to Jesus. Okay, cool. You're going to heaven. I'll see you later. I'm going to go ask the next person down the road if they want to know Jesus. It's like this relationship. It says, teach them all of the things to obey all the commands I have given you, meaning everything in the Bible that Jesus talked about, everything that is written in God's word is to be taught to people. It's not just about salvation, but it's about the relationship. It's about a life change, which is why when we go on missions trips as a church, we don't just go and do something and leave. We make sure that we have a connection. We go with places where people are going to have follow-up, where there's going to be a long-term connection, just like, for example, what we're doing on Saturday. Like, we're not just doing this big like everybody come and know Jesus like the his house is taking on the responsibility of following up with all the people whose lives get encountered by God there's something about more than just a one moment deal it's a life and yes salvation is super important I'm not saying don't go out and ask everybody to be saved I'm not saying that at all but I'm saying there's more to it than just that there's this relationship that we want to have and I think that what's important is like that's that's there's a cost to that there's a cost to long-term discipleship. I think that we kind of sometimes put all the glory on the missionaries that go across the world, but we forget to give like our pastors some credit because I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to deal with us all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're not perfect. And there's a variety of ups and downs that come with that. And I think so easily we focus so much on that and we forget about the importance of that connection all the time. And another thing is that people, another reason people don't evangelize or say, oh, I don't want to do this or I'm not comfortable with this or whatever is they're like, well, what about, what about rejection? Like what happens if I preach the gospel and they don't receive? And Isaiah 55, 10 to 11 says, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper wherever I send it. Meaning that your responsibility is to respond to the call that, the call that God is putting on your heart, not necessarily getting the end game. And you might be that person. You may be that person that like has the turnaround moment with them. But we sometimes have no idea what's happening in people's lives. And our responsibility is to respond to what God has called us to do. And if that person doesn't respond to the word of God that you're saying to them, that's on them, not on you. It is not your responsibility to get the ultimate result. That's the Lord's. You just have to respond to that. The thing is, is failing 
is not when we preach the gospel and someone doesn't respond. Failing is when we don't respond to the Lord at all. Like when it's on us and we just stop and go, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like that's when we have dropped the ball. That's not like when you respond, if I were to go and say, hey, do you want to know Jesus? And he says, no. They're not rejecting me, first of all. They're rejecting the Lord. (laughs) But second of all, like, it's not my ultimate responsibility. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, my responsibility is to go and say, hey, do you want to know Jesus? Like, that's what it (laughs) takes. Yeah, that's my husband for everybody who doesn't want to know. So it's okay that he grabbed my arm. (laughs) It's not weird. Um, (laughs) Maybe, but... (laughs) Uh, So it says, like, without risk, there's not reward, right? If we're not taking risk and we're not saying I'm willing to be used for God in whatever capacity that means in my life, then we're not willing to see the change that could come from that. And it's not always easy. You know, like saying yes to what God has is not necessarily going to be easy, but God is faithful every single time without fail. He's not going to let you down. The answer might not look the way you want it to look like, right? It might not be like when you say yes to something, you might think it's going to look like, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows and it doesn't exactly look like that. Yes, puppy dogs. Maybe if you're a vet, you could be saying yes to puppy dogs. I don't know, you know, (laughs) but our responsibility is to say yes and to trust him for that. Because the thing is, is our lives are a fantastic testimony for him. If, you're, if we live our lives in such a way that Jesus is demonstrated through everything we do, then we are preaching louder than our words can even preach sometimes. Think about it like this, okay? If you, how many of us have in the room have worked for a rough boss, okay? How many of us in the room have worked for a great boss? How many of us feel like the great boss has impacted our lives in a great way? Okay, so if every single one of us, to, if we're ever a boss, focus on being a great boss and saying, okay, like I want to lead people how Jesus led, that means that there are moments when I give grace, and that, mean, there, that means there are moments when he holds the hard line. Like Jesus rebuked his disciples, okay? Like it's not against the Bible for your boss to rebuke you if you need it. Like I'm just saying, like also coming from somebody who's a boss, like it's okay to say that sometimes, but it's also really important to give grace and have understanding. And so if we, were to, if we live our lives in such a way that God is evident in everything that we do, it's, it changes people. And here's the thing, is that, is it worth it to you? Because it means not doing certain things. It means like, you know, if, I don't know, if everyone wants to go out and go crazy and party, and you used to do that, but like you're gonna you're you're gonna go and you know you're like oh yeah let's go whatever I'm just gonna use this example I don't know why this is the one example that came in my head but it did it's like you want to go to a party okay let's go and all your friends are getting drunk but then somebody pulls up who just started going to church with you and you're like oh shoot what kind of example am I gonna lead for them you know or maybe it's like someone cuts you off on the freeway and you're driving with a friend and you get really mad. How are you going to respond to that? Let me tell you right now that I'll tell you what's inside your heart when someone cuts you off on the freeway, right? You know what I mean? Like, how are we going to respond to that? Or what happens if um, it's true, right? It demonstrates what's going on. You know, are we living our lives in such a way that Christ is demonstrated through everything that we do? Are you willing to sacrifice the things in your life that aren't demonstrating God? Are you willing to, to, to let go of the behaviors that aren't demonstrating God? How about this? If you're irritated at work, are you willing to stop gossiping because it doesn't demonstrate God? 
I'm sorry, I work in a restaurant. I know how much gossip happens around. Like, as much as I would rather not hear it, it does. You know, what if you stopped asking the people to play that crazy raunchy music after work and close? What if you said, hey, can you not use the Lord's name in vain because it actually bothers me? You know, and that changes an atmosphere right there. You know, so Philippians 2, 14 to 16 it says, uh, I'm using the Passion Translation here. It says, live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, offering them the words of eternal life. We are not perfect. We are not going to be perfect. But are we willing to make the sacrifices in our lives that are going to allow Jesus to be demonstrated through everything? Does that mean prioritizing your yes, letting your yes be less than yes, and your no be no? Sometimes in the generation of FOMO, that is very difficult. But if you are the only one of your friends that sticks with your word and everyone goes back and forth, that's going to demonstrate something, you know? Or what if you're just really intentional about like making time to connect with somebody who's on your heart and just like, hey, what's going on? I just want to meet up with you and connect with you, you know? I actually... There was somebody, this was many years ago, that the Lord had like put on my heart to meet up with over and over again, and I kind of ignored it. Um, and by the time I got around to it, they had, were in like a really bad place. And I was really grieved because I was like, okay, what if I had just simply been there to encourage them before they got here? Like, what if this would have been different? And it's not my fault. Like, they made their life decisions. It's ultimately not my fault. But what if God was going to use me to make, to help somebody in their, that situation? You know what I mean? Or, or, or what if we just respond to the, to the way in our lives? I want to give an example. I kind of actually said this last week, but I'm going to give it another example. As I said, I talked about my dad. My dad is not like the kind of, you couldn't pay him to stand up here with a mic. You could just, that's just not who he is. But my dad just like, it just does his thing. We um, grew up and my dad races. So we grew up in like the racing industry. And if you've seen what it looks like on TV is, is really what it's like. Um, minus like, we didn't do the street racing. We do off-road racing, but it's the same kind of environment, right? It's kind of a party environment. It's kind of crazy. A lot of like inappropriate discussions and conversations and what have you. Um, and my dad just has never been into that. You know, like my dad's a Christian, he loves Jesus, and he didn't throw it in their face. He just doesn't do it with them. He hangs out with them, but he doesn't cuss. He hangs out with them, but he doesn't like party and get crazy drunk the night before like everybody else does. You know, like my dad just does him. He does family and he does him. And I can, I've, I think I have lost count of the amount of times that people have come up to him and either said like, what is it about you that's so different? Why do you like behave this way? Why are you a man of integrity? Like you don't throw people under the bus. Why are you honest in your words? Or people have straight up said, I know you're a Christian by the way that you act. And even in like the job place, my dad works in construction, same thing, same type of environment. And he's just, he's just doing him. And like, my dad's not perfect <laughs> by any means, but he's just like living his life in a way that honors God. He's just being truthful to who he is. He's holding his integrity. And that spe is speaking more to the people around him than it would be if he was throwing that in his face. And, and the thing is, is we have to realize who, what kind of cost does that take us? What is our personal cost? For some of us, that's gonna be getting up and running to the different nation. Some of us, it's gonna be, getting up and running across the room to serve in Kitch Church. That could be a cost for you. Some of it might be laying down a relationship. Some of it might be laying down a job or a career that you've always wanted. Some of you, it might be laying down a hobby that's not okay. Some of you, it might be like stopping listening and you know reading things you shouldn't be. It could be filtering things in your life. 
But there's a cost to live a life in a way that demonstrates Jesus in everything that we do. And are you willing to do that? Are you willing to look at yourself and say, okay, what's the cost for me? And am I willing to pay that? And I think I just like, I don't, this I like feel is so strongly to reiterate is that each and every one of us, our costs look different. It just, it looks different. And, and you, I have like, I don't know why this is so important for me to reiterate right now. I'm going to stand up on one level, but like, I really feel like the Lord is reminding me that like, do not think less of yourself if your cost isn't running across the world to the nations. That is okay because you, what you are meant to do is so important. That's why there's a whole body. Like if we're all arms and feet and legs, we're not going to go anywhere because we don't have any eyes to see where we're going or ears to hear what we're supposed to do, right? Like we are a body. We all form and function as the body of Christ. And so our responsibility is to lay down what it costs to us to be a part of the body to follow Jesus. Because you know what? You need everybody. You need the people in Africa. You need the people in Europe. You need the people here. You need the people in Iowa. You need the people wherever you're going. You need that people, right? Because here's the thing. If we were all meant to go to the nation, if everybody in this room right now got up and ran to a different nation than they were supposed to be in, who's going to be left to to store crux? Who's going to be left to lead and, and steward our ministry here? You know, if all these people got out left, Pastor Daniel and Teresa would be like, what the heck, guys? Like, what are you, do you at least leave in this hanging, you know? Like, you know, and, and that doesn't mean, there's some of us in this room that I know are called to the nations, myself included. Like, that's not saying that. I'm just using this as an example. You know, if we were to look at the amount of bought people, you know, and this is a church that's called to send people out, and we know that. But you also, like, can't send anybody from a place that there's no one to send from. <laughs> Everybody goes and isn't responsible for stewarding the place that they're at, and you don't have anywhere to send from. You don't have anyone to raise up the next people that are going to go out too. Like we understand that there's a functioning part of the body. And I think that like kind of going back to what I was talking about in Philippians, like what are we doing in our lives to really demonstrate that? What kind of sacrifices are we making every day to like, let our lives be an example. Let our lives be the evangelism. And there are moments, and a lot of moments, that we, and we, that we need to and we should straight preach the gospel. There are moments that we need to be speaking the word of God. There are a, a lot of them. I'm not negating that by any means. That's so important, and that always will be. Because you can, you can demonstrate it, and then you've got to take it a step further, right? We've got to have that conversation. But I think a lot of it is if you were to look in the everyday lives of ourselves, how many of us have family members that don't know the Lord yet? How many of us want all of those family members to go to heaven? Me, right? Like I have, well, I don't really want to say it because <laughs> in case they ever listen to the podcast, I hope. Like I have family members that don't know the Lord and I want them to know Jesus so bad, like so bad. Like years ago, Years ago, like five years ago, I had a vision actually of all of my family, including the ones that are not saved yet in heaven. And like, praise the Lord, the majority of the people in our family know Jesus. Like there's, a, us, this, there's less that don't know him than do. And I just remember being like, oh God, I want that. But that takes one, me demonstrate, like it takes me demonstrating it in my life. Like they've got to, they see that, especially when I know where they're at. And I know that it's going to take more than a simple conversation with them to know the Lord. They need to see his proof. But then there's also going to come a moment where I have to be willing to bridge this awkward conversation with a family member and say, Hey, this is the truth. Are you willing to go there? Like, is it okay if we have this conversation? You know, are we willing to be a little uncomfortable and risk that? You know, 
And like, and if it, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. But like, do we really, like, do we really not want to know? I don't want to know. I, I mean, I do want to know. I don't want to not know. Whatever. <laughs> you, get, you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> Evangelism is two parts. It's preaching the gospel and letting people know and going and doing the word of God. But it's also living it every single day. And there's a cost to that. We're not perfect, but are we willing to live our lives in a place that we, like, that we let them know that? I think sometimes people think, and this is what we have, we need to do this better as leaders, but people think that leaders have their lives all together. I'm not, they really do. Like I have, I used to think that until I became a leader and then I thought I was a terrible leader for years until I, I did. I thought I was like, I am the worst leader ever. I'm like having such a hard time. Leadership is so difficult. This is awful. And then I finally had a conversation with like Pastor Teresa one day where she's like, dude, leadership's hard. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Like I'm not the only one, praise God. But like, don't like like be fooled by like what you see on stage. Like it's not easy. It's far from that. Like your leaders don't have it all together and our lives are not supposed to look like we have it all together. What is going to what's going to demonstrate more to somebody? If you in your crisis and you act like I've got my I've got my crap together. I'm so good. Look at me. I'm handling my crisis so great. Or what if you like go to people and say, "Hey, I'm really broken right now and I really need your support because I just I need Jesus and I don't know how to function right now." Like that is so important because that is going to speak volumes to the people around you. That if you are willing to submit yourself in a moment of difficulty and say, hey, help me. I need love and I need support right now. And that is going to speak so much more than like trying to pretend like we're the perfect Christian that has it all together and prays to God every day. Like that's totally okay not to do that. I mean, like, I mean, we should pray to God every day. I shouldn't clarify that, but like, it's okay to be in a place where you're struggling to get there. You understand what I'm saying, right? We're on the same page. Thank you. Okay. I don't have to have perfect words here. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I just have a little bit, I'm going to wrap it up and then we're going to go into a little bit of time of ministry. Um, but I kind of want to just, I want to begin to challenge us. What we're going to do, I want to just speak a little bit more. And then we're going to go into a time of, we're going to play some sweet music in the background. And I want to just kind of go into a time of us thinking about where we're at with this in our lives. And I think like, our, where are we willing to push boundaries? You know, for some of us, it might be like just a little, little toe into the water, you know? For some of us, it might be like Peter, where we're going to freaking leap out of the boat and run at Jesus. And then we're going to fall a little bit and Jesus is going to pick us back up, but that's okay. You know, if we look at the people in the Bible, where would we be if they never took those leaps of faith to respond to God? What if Peter never got out of the boat? You know, what if Moses never walked up to the burning bush? What if Abraham never followed Jesus to, uh, to sacrifice Isaac and then he didn't have to and saw that part of God? You know, I mean, what if, what if, what if? We could name story after story after story in the Bible of what if they didn't take a leap of faith and cost themselves something to then see something beautiful. I mean, look at the woman who broke the alabaster jar. That costs so much. That's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> that costs so much. Not just like, and it wasn't just like a, like, a, like a money cost. It cost her something to like go in in front of all of these people and like break at the feet of Jesus, you know? Like, like what is our cost gonna be? Like, are we willing to do that? Like if, like if, like really, like it, I think I'm like, okay, Lord, like if that was me, would I really like do that? 
you know, and sometimes I feel like some days I would say, yes, of course I would. And there's moments where I'm like, okay, that, that would be really hard to do. And that's okay. But what are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to cost so that Jesus can be known in whatever capacity that is in our lives? In Psalms 119, 73 and 74 says, your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I have put my hope in your word. Our life is to live out for Jesus, to show that we want to find our answers in him, to show that we want him more than we want anything else. And what, how are we going to demonstrate that? How are we going to demonstrate a hunger and a zeal and a passion for Jesus in whatever field or area in our lives we're being called to? Because every single person in this room has a different call because we all represent a different part of God that is meant to bring Christ on earth. But what are we, what's our part? Like, I don't want to leave this earth without having, without doing my part to make sure that the people that are, I'm meant to impact know the Lord and more, you know, praise the Lord. Let's go for more. But what are we willing to break at the feet of Jesus? What are we willing to say, God, I'm going to sacrifice this so that you can be known. Like they said that that story would be told, right? It says that like Jesus says, because of this, her story will be told everywhere because of what she did. Like that speaks so much. That's such a powerful testimony. Like, because it cost her something. It cost her something so valuable, but then it went everywhere. And you have no idea what your cost might impact somebody else. You don't. You really, you really don't know. You have no way of knowing what your impact is on somebody. As simple as like when they were talking like that guy in Vegas with Christian, that story was awesome. Like he, he might not ever know until he gets to heaven the fruit of that interaction. But it's not about that. It's not about like getting the fruit. It's not about getting the answer. Like it's not, it's not about getting a, like it's not just about that. It's about being obedient to the God and knowing that God loves that person so much. And it was okay that he had like a little bit of an awkward moment and some pushback, but he knew that Jesus loved him. And he might not ever know until he gets to heaven what that response is. But if that guy like turns his life around and gets to heaven because of it, and even if he did, it's worth it to let them know about Jesus. It's so worth it whatever that looks like for us. And so we're going to go kind of into just a little bit of, of some thinking time, some challenging time, and then we're going to pray. But I want to just invite you, the, if we could just get some cool music in the background. Thank you so much, David Knox. Um, I just want to open, we're going to open the front up. And if this, this hits you in any way that you're saying, yeah, God, like I need to figure out, let's like, what is this going to cost me? Like, I'm willing to step out and say, God, let's do this. Whatever kind of, whatever that looks like in my life. Maybe it's baby steps at first. Maybe it's a giant leap off the boat. I don't know. That's between you and him. So I want to just open the front and there's something about responding. Like I know it might feel awkward. You're going to get up, but there's something about responding to that and saying, God, I'm willing to take this first step and say, okay, God, what can I do to let, like, what can I do to further let you be seen? So we're just going to open the front up and I want to encourage you to just come down, get in, get on your face, come sit in the front, whatever you want to do, and just spend a few minutes with the Lord 
praying and talking about this. And then after that, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to release some of the Crux leaders and the YWAM team to go around and pray for people, if that's okay. Um, but I just want to invite you, come, come down, come step out, take a leap, like, and say, hey, God, what is it going to, I'm willing to say, God, what is it going to cost me? Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.